I mean, you say the word psychology, people automatically think something's wrong with you. Yeah. That's the stigma point. we have to get through. Whereas it's, we like to look at it as a proactive point. It's a component of performance that you need to train just like everything else. That You need to go out and train physically. You need to go to the gym. Um, so it's just that another part to the, to the wheel. Hello everyone, welcome to the More Than Backpacking podcast episode number 18. My name is Damon O'Neill and on today's episode we have sports psychologist and all-round great guy Scott Malcolm. I worked with Scott nearly three years ago at, at Camp Wenaki, which is a summer camp for boys in the US. And we were both soccer counsellors there, coaching the kids soccer and we had some great conversations out on the soccer pitch. He was studying psychology back then and we had great conversations about the power of the mind, applying it in life, in sports and the kids we were coaching, how they could be coached mentally as well. While I've been in Latin America over the past 18 months or so, Scott has been studying for his master's in the US and we haven't caught up that often, only a few texts here and there. But So, so we, we jumped on Skype and it was great to have a chat about what he's doing right now, his sports psychology, his career and what what getting some insights into sports psychology and psychology in general, which we were both discussing, and he knows I'm interested in it from our time at camp. He's been working with athletes at Georgia Southern University, and he, he's also one of the most disciplined guys I know, especially when it comes to waking up on time and having a productive day, which he talks more about here as well. We speak about some amazing insights into how much you should be training your mind if you're an athlete or in general, and to see how, how what he's up to now and how you can step out of your comfort zone. So uh, I hope you enjoyed this conversation. It was good to catch up with Scott. So here we go. Scotty Will, what's the crack? Mate, oh, it's been a while, hasn't it? I know. What happened? Still got your strong accent, mate. No, no, no southern accent yet. No, that's never going to happen. Although when I went home at Christmas, I got a few people saying I got a bit of American twang. I wasn't too happy with yeah. that. It always happens, though, doesn't it? When you yeah. like people, people said I sounded Spanish when I went home at Christmas. <laughs> yeah, but you put on like a million accents wherever you're at. <laughs> Even the Capuanoki, you sounded Spanish at times. Nah, hey, I was Scottish at Wenaki with you. Oh, you and Dan. Where, where are you right now? I'm in Medellin, in Colombia. Yeah. It's rain. I don't know if you can. Can you hear the rain? Yeah, I can hear. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, uh, Jesus Christ. Everyone thinks, right everyone thinks I'm on the beach, mate. Oh, <laughs> 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 Southeast end of Glasgow. Tell you. <laughs> so, how long are you there for? Do you know, or is it just you have to take it? So we we've got about three more weeks here because we have to leave Colum- we have to leave Colombia for a bit. Like we haven't got the yeah. visa in in like. I think by the end of March, basically, and then one of our mates is coming to Ecuador, okay. which is next next on the map and like uh-huh. on our route for a couple of weeks. So, so it will coincide with that. So we're going to be like leaving leaving Colombia, get to Ecuador, and then we're with our mate for a couple of weeks, going into the Amazon and climbing a volcano and stuff like that. So fun stuff ahead. You're loving the life. Yes, yeah, it's, it's good, mate. It's good. What's the yeah. crack with you? 
Where are you? Uh, I'm still in Georgia right now. So I graduate in May. Uh, that'll be my master's degree. So I'm just really applying for jobs right now. So I can stay here. Hey, so you want to stay there, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm going to try. I'm looking at here, Canada and Australia, actually. Say that again? I'm here looking at jobs here in America, Canada and Australia. Really, yeah? Yeah. Like, why is that? Because of the sport and language? I just... There are, like, three places I think I'll be... They've got, like, the sport component, like, so there's jobs for me. I don't yeah. know, there's just... As much as I love Scotland, I just like living somewhere else. Like, that experience, yeah. something different. Yeah. So, I mean, if I have to go back to Scotland, I have to go back. It's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, uh, if, you go, if you go back as well, say, say yeah. if you have to go back in May, it's not like you can never leave again. Exactly, like, exactly. That's exactly what I was saying. If I reckon if you got for the job in Australia, like, yeah. like July or something, you'd probably uh, go home for a bit anyway, sort of. Yeah, especially yeah. Australia, exactly. it's quite hot and everything. Yeah. Like, just, no, it's, just, it's not. It's exciting and nervous at the same time. It's that as like started in nineteen. I was like, after me, I don't have a clue where I'm going to be, which is probably like the first time in my life, which is exciting. But then you've always got nervous parts, like where am I going to be? What am I going to be doing? But yeah, I'm not really funny, mate. If you think about it, you're like, you, you're British, you're a white British male, like in the world. Like, yeah. That, yeah. It's, it's not bad. It's not a bad place to be. You've got no, you got you got a master's degree. From from the US and a bachelor's from the US, which is yeah. uh, like a string to the bow, really, because it's an experience. I mean, exactly. even if you had to go home and work for a bit to save up and do something, it's like you, mate, the world is your oyster. It's, exactly. No, it's, I agree with that a lot. You should definitely be focusing on, on the exciting part of that rather than oh, yeah. the nervous part. Oh, yeah. It's well, part of it. You still with your missus? Nah. No. Nah, nah. That was. That was a way. So you can't get married then. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't use that one. <laughs> that that oh, just... <laughs> Yeah, I'm but, gonna have to do it properly. Is she still? Is she still about? Wasn't she? Uh, didn't she okay. go to your? Yeah, Mississippi. So like where I went for undergrad. Right. Yes. Yeah, so so we were. Too. So we were. Yeah. When I went from Winoki, I went straight. Yeah, here at Georgia, so we were like eight hours apart, a little bit distant. Yeah, 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 yeah. Then what happened? Why, why did you split up with that? Uh, just the distance was a big thing. Uh, yeah. Well, only get to see each other like a couple of times a year because I mean she was finishing off her masters and she's actually went on to do her PhD. Um, it's still in Mississippi, so like we didn't really have that time. And it's that yeah. far away where you can't go at the weekend. Like, it's not worth just making that trip just for a weekend. Yeah, it's like a week job at least, isn't it? Really? Yeah, so that was playing a part. And then there were just kind of other things that kind of, I think it stemmed from the distance. But, and it was, to me, then the day when, when it kind of ended, I looked at it as like, I've got enough distance in my life with family. Yeah. To me, I don't want a girlfriend to be that. And what she, she's doing her PhD, she began August there. We're going to be like at least an hour, four years apart because I won't get a job in Mississippi. They've not got what I need. So I was like, an hour, four years of a relationship, never really been together. I was like, for me, that's just, it wasn't like it wasn't yeah. worth it. I just, it wasn't right for me. So that's life. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true what you say about the distance you've already got. Like, for, from, from a, like you, when you got family far apart, you're probably going to end up with a girl for a bit of like uh, companionship or something yeah. close to you because you haven't got that family, isn't yeah. it? And then if you're not even replacing it almost with that, it's, it's with one thing that's not there anymore, isn't it? Like, in yeah, and we just kind of, I mean, I, I think in America, like how big it is, if you are going to date someone, especially if you like two people like trying to forge a career, like good careers and stuff, like that, you're going to have distance at one point or another. And it wasn't so much. It was when we originally started dating. It was going to be like a year of distance, two years max. And she decided yeah. she wanted to do a PhD. Chose where to go, where I wasn't going to get a job anywhere near around. So that kind of changed it as well. It went from if I knew that was the case before going in a relationship, it might have been different. Knowing it was going to be like six years of distance. So yeah, anyway, life yeah. things change and circumstances change and I still wish her the best so I ain't got any yeah. hard feelings from, uh, from my point but just one of those things yeah distance, distance is hard like you know as well you're miles away from family as well it's it's like that trade-off when you want to maybe better yourself and explore and step out of your comfort zone that you can't have everything and unfortunately Families, maybe one you have to leave behind, and it's never nice. Um, but it is part of the, if you're going to go traveling or going to move away from home, it's just something you've got to be first okay with and then accept it and move on from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, then in terms of what are you playing any football at the moment? Nah, um, I'm oh, I'm playing like little five sides and stuff like that, but nothing serious because I mean, like. The way America is it, goes after you need to go professional. Is it regular five side there? There's intramural, so it's like university runs it, so that's like it's actually going on just now. And then I'm involved with the actual football, the soccer team here. I'm involved with training and all that. I'm not playing. You still gymming? Yeah, still gymming. Um, that's going well. Uh, but that, yeah, that's my you know re release or that's my exercise now. Because you don't play, it's like, well, I need to go to the gym. To get yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, used as well. Like my body's used to exercise, so it's like if I don't do it, I don't feel good at all. So yeah, the gym's my yeah, way. Sub, and, sub that. Yeah. yeah. Anchor. <laughs> Anchor. Set you up for the day. Yeah. And was right. so, so your masters was two years, wasn't it? Because we yeah. we were at camp twenty seventeen. Yeah, and now we just going to start it. So that's yeah. when you went straight to and it, yeah. was it Georgia Southern? Yeah, Georgia Southern. Yeah. And and this what are you doing? Sports psychology masters, and you did that undergrad as well. Doing my masters in sport and exercise psychology, and then my undergrad in just psychology, like general psychology. Right, yeah, because I remember when you when we've like chatted in yeah. the past eighteen months or something. Yeah, you you were saying yeah, I've, I've like I'm going I'm, I'm working with a few teams. Like I don't yeah. know if they were just college teams or local teams. No, but, like, uh, yeah, university. I'm working with two right now, like because obviously in America they have all the college sports. So it's a Division One school I'm at. So I'm working with two of the teams. Like I'm their mental skills. Um, um, consulting, that's what we like, call ourselves. So Wait, is that in your in your college? Is yeah, yeah, okay. Southern, yeah. Um, so I'm like 
I'm at training every day. I work with athletes individually. We would do like one-on-one sessions, team sessions. Work with the coaches. Like one of the teams I'm working with, are actually you may actually like this book, uh, Barcelona. Weights, but how do you create like a winning culture, like a commitment culture? And I'll yeah. just work with the team um, to kind of like put this kind of culture in place. That's working with the staff, the players, and all that. So I love it. Like um, it's exactly what I want to do. Like I'm pretty busy. Like. I'm up at like 4.30 every morning, don't get home to like 8 at night some days, most days, but like I'm enjoying it. I'm not like, like, oh, this is, I'm busy, but it's, I'm having fun doing it. So that's why I'm yeah. so adamant I want to continue to do this as like, as a career. So it's almost uh, going back to camp and like yeah. when, when I asked you like what you did, what's your practice yeah. stuff, you, like, I remember you saying like, yeah, that's what I want to do. But like a yeah. lot of people sort of, I don't know, you can do a degree in sports psychology and yeah. maybe do the theory but don't do the work or something yeah. like that. And, yeah. and you still don't you still think it's what you want to do, but you're not sure yeah. but it sounds like by the sounds of things you're working more than you're like in class. Yeah. And, yes. and it's sort of going to plan almost. Yeah, so my our last year you kinda do the last semester, some last semester, you either do like an internship or you you're doing a thesis. So I decided to do internship because the way our field is you don't want to go do your PhD afterwards. You want to get as much applied experience as possible, so you're, you're compatible in the market. So yeah. my internships working with these two teams. So I've got a couple of classes I'm taking. One's in person, one's online, and the rest of my time spent working with these teams. And anyone involved in sport knows how crazy the hours are. Like what you do. Um, so yeah, most of my times pretty much seven days a week. I think this is my first weekend off in like three, three weeks. I've not had to do anything. Um, yeah. But it's brilliant. As I'm saying, like, I'm loving it. Like, it's exa- I'm still involved with sport. I think that's a big thing why I enjoy it. Of, like, you and me both, we spoke about this, like, not playing at 23 years of old age was never, like, something I imagined would have, yeah. I'd be doing. Um, so I'm still in that kind of, the atmosphere, the, in sport, I'm watching sport every day I'm involved so I mean I think that's a big part of why I'm enjoying it so much it's um it's kind of combining my passion of that the whole unlocking people's potential like I've always been interested in that like how do you get the best out yourself and yeah. I'm getting to it in a sport environment which is sports being a massive part of my life so, so I think it just kind of combines well, um, it's just, oh, I'd imagine it's quite a wide range of what, like, if you're working with a team, yeah, I, I, sports psychology isn't just like one thing. But you yeah. say, well, you're saying about get the best out of someone. Yeah, is yeah. that like you Is that what you're doing then? But yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's a or lot is there like something that. else that you're doing? I, no, no, you know no. What I mean? um, so it's like a, it's like a really way. So obviously, if we look at just performance, if we look at unlocking someone's potential, we just look from a performance point of view. I mean, you've got the physical, tactical, the mental side, which we're I'm like studying and interested in. Um, so it's part. It's like part of it. It's often the part that people neglect. So yeah. people don't realize, like us athletes, all the time. I go, whatever your sport is, what percent is do you think um, is mental for your performance? Like, and people say are eighty percent, twenty percent. Like you normally get quite high percents, but even if it's a low percent, you go. So just say someone picks 60%. So they're saying their performance pertains 60% mental to perform well. 
Then I go, how many times a week do you train your mental side of the game? And 99% of people go, I never. Yeah, and I go, yeah. well, if you're saying 60% of your performance is down the mental side and you're not training it, are you giving yourself the best chance to perform? I go, how many times do you train a week tactically, like training? Oh, five times a week. How many times are you in the gym? Three to four times a week. So you're putting all that time to 40% that you say it's only equates to 40% of your performance and neglecting 60%. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just the way, like, psych. I mean, you say the word psychology, people automatically think something's wrong with you. Yeah. That's the stigma point. we have to get through. Whereas it's, we like to look at it as a proactive point. It's a component of performance that you need to train just like everything else. That like you need to go out and train physically. You need to go to the gym. Um, so it's just that another part to the to the wheel. So yeah, we do a lot. It d- depends. Like individually, it depends what the like the athlete needs. Um, I, from my experience, I've been kind of doing applied stuff for, for the last year. Um, so I, what kind of um, saw is that you have to find that helps somebody find their like why. So why are they playing this sport? A lot of people have lost that um, yeah. because it becomes so pressurized when you get to a college sport here in America, especially Division One. And then you've yeah. got to find out like actually what like so their why and like. Their happiness is like I think the two kind of foundation for someone to thrive no matter what they're doing. If they've, they've got a purpose to it that actually connects them and they're actually enjoying it, and from there, um, you can then start building these skills you work on like self-talk, imagery, uh, deep breathing. But if you don't find help someone discover their like happiness and their why, it's just like papering over cracks. You can give somebody a technique to use; it might work for a couple of weeks. And then the same problem is going to eventually occur. So you get into some really deep conversations with some athletes. Like some athletes I've been working for six, six to eight months. So you build that kind of um, nice connection, that rapport. Yeah, and you get into just depending on the person as you get on. Like when we were at camp for six weeks, how close we all got. Yeah, you start and stuff, and it's the same thing. You're meeting with them like every week just you and them and then you're training with them and you talk to them at training just normal conversations so you're you're around them all the time and those relationships develop and that's a really cool thing as well um when you get to know someone and then you see you see them like doing well you know and you kind of understand their like life a little bit more like the things that um they're going through that you wouldn't even know because again everyone thinks when you're playing college sport everyone's idolized to you if you play a sport at university that oh you've yeah, got everything like, great when there's a lot yeah when there's a lot of things going on for some people and we're all as i speak to athletes we're all human beings so um if something's effect if something's going on outside of your sport it's going to affect you um in your sport well, as well if you don't deal do with you, it um, are you working just with them individually then or as a team or like no, um, as a team individually as a team um, yeah, so I'll do both. So again, this isn't like it's not like like strength and condition or anything in sports where it's mandatory. Everyone must go. So we'll have depending on the coach what they want to do. We have like full team sessions. So that'll be a bit more. You obviously can't get into some stuff with team because it's a different setting. So that's a little bit more sometimes educational based, like giving yeah, some techniques and um, how to and stuff. Yeah, that and then maybe doing some things team-wise that's going on that we know and then individually um, they come to us and go, we'd like like 
I want to start working individually. So again, that's up to them. So not everyone on the team um, does individual stuff. And then from there, you just, again, it's, they don't have to come back. Like you can meet them once and then if they don't like it, they don't like it. Obviously, we don't want that. Um, yeah, so it's a, it's a mixture. It's team. And then I do stuff with coaches as well. Because obviously, coach is a massive um, influence. Um, they're, especially in college, like they're often trying to develop these, like they come in at 18, 17, 18. There's, a lot of them are still young um, men and women. And then the coach is an influence on them. So working with them, how can they create an environment where people are going to thrive and things like that. And um, what kind of messages, like, like non-verbal. So 70% uh, of communication is through non-verbals. So everyone thinks yeah. the best way to communicate is through um, words. Well, if you're not aware of your uh, body language, eye contact, um, hands, that things like that, um, yeah. your words might be saying one thing, but your your non-verbals are saying something completely different. So it's like yeah. things that to be aware of. It's unreal, isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah. Like, it's so you're pulling, the, you're pulling the numbers out there because like, you've studied the theoretical yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I haven't studied... I mean, I haven't studied the numbers and theories of it. Yeah. But you just like you can when you think about it, you think, yeah, well, like that does happen. You recognize yeah. somebody. I'll tell you a prime example, Scotty yeah. boy. When, when you're trying to learn Spanish in Latin uh, America, uh, and you and you ask the directions, mm -hmm. or like you speak in Spanish, but when when you speak to them and you're in person or you can see yeah. them, you can understand a lot better and a lot yeah, more yeah. than on the phone. If you're on the phone, it's hard. Yeah. yeah. Uh -huh. You just don't see the language, you don't see yeah. the way they're in and like their mannerism, and it's it's like equivalent in, in terms of like the coaches there. Yeah, it's funny you say that. Actually, that example, um, one of the classes I'm taking this semester is a multicultural class, so it's like, um, you know, just being more aware of like everyone's story, their like culture, race, all that is going on, especially the way society's going. And we've done yeah. an exercise where I had to be blindfolded. And we're having. I had to have a conversation with people, and you speak about like, like, you, without taking away someone's like, like, visual abilities to see people's facial expression and stuff. Like, you don't know. Yeah. You're living off words and tone. That's all you're living off, and it's really hard to yeah. pick stuff up. And then, I found for that you're easily distracted because you're picking in all bits of conversation from other people. It's it's, it's amazing. Like when you start noticing these things, actually, how much impact they they have just in day to day life. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's funny one. Even I went to a, you know, TED Talks. Yeah, yeah. So I went to a TED Talk. I mean, it was like two years ago now, but there was a little talk on uh, some body language. And one mm -hmm. of the examples that I remember standing out is if if somebody was walking towards you with mm -hmm. their hand behind their back. Yeah. You automatically, you think they're hiding something, or yeah. we're, we're, they might be hiding a present. It doesn't have to be yeah. something negative, but you you're sort of like. Yeah. Like, where are you at? Why, why are you hanging behind yeah. your back? And it's, it's a, of course, if you can't yeah. see them, you're just going to say, well, like, normal. It's, yeah, I, wonder, I think I've, I've seen a TED talk on that. It's like, the first thing we look at, again, you, you wouldn't notice, is you look where someone's hands are for safety. As you say, so if someone's got their hands behind the back, for some reason we don't feel safe. Yeah, how so weird is this? Yeah, so the first <laughs> thing you actually do when you see someone, like, I didn't notice I'd done this or that, and then when you start thinking about it, you go, you start paying attention, it's like, yeah, you look for where someone's hands are, and that, and then if obviously you can see them, you feel safe, you know what they're doing, if they're not. Um, so we talk about if you're, you can't see someone phone call or you're blinded, you don't have a clue with it, like what their hands are doing and all that. Like obviously phone calls are a bit different because they're 
not right where you are but, but yeah, yeah, yeah it's amazing right. just like looking at that thing so like for what I do like everyone's heard the saying actions speak louder than words which is something I've lived by long long before I started studying sports psychology but you just look at people's behaviours that's the biggest way to see if someone means what they say or not like someone can say all the see everything that sounds brilliant oh that's exactly what you want to hear but if your behaviours contrast that well your behaviours show your values more than words yeah, it's, it's a big one. It's it's interesting. As I say, I, I think all oh, this is interesting. We spoke at camp, like had these conversations, and um, I know, like I know you're like interested in this type of stuff, and yeah, well, you, you see examples of behaviours at camp from yeah, like the kids, the kids from counselors, yeah, yeah. like whatever, because everyone is behaving at all times uh, of the day. It is, it is uh, but it's good. It's like good to hear you like from speaking to you at camp yeah. and hearing how like your plans are going like work with teams and people yeah, and psychology yeah. it's actually quite pleasing so what i meant to say is the coach if you're saying that you have like the tactical yeah, yeah. and then mental is part of that yeah are there any are there any coaches who are like oh, sod that no, i don't need that to, because uh, obviously so some of the coaches if you, you ask them like here at georgia southern or just in general uh, like with your work, so yeah. say you've got a coach, and you like, do they work with you or do they see you as a bit like, oh, the psychology, sports psychologist yeah, yeah. come, yeah, he can do an hour, but like we need to do yeah. tactics. Yeah. yeah. So, again, it's just like we're kind of sports psychologists. Every team on campus doesn't have to use us as a resource. Yeah. So, coaches that don't believe in it don't ask for our services. We're kind of lucky enough over the last year. Um, kind of down to good work a lot of people in my program is like most team on campus are actually starting to use us so uh, I think this is the way how many teams is that then? Um, uh, how uh, many I think it's about 10 or 12 teams are um, around about that are using our services and and how many people are you? Uh, we have so it's only second to get to do it so um, there's Eleven of us plus our two professors also like will do some work with teams as well. So is it only second year masters? Yeah, yeah. Oh, your first, your first year is like learning the theory and yeah. things like that and getting kind of used to all that, and then your second year, um, part of it you you're assigned a, a team if there's enough on campus, and then there's like high schools and things like that, and. Again, it's up to you to go in and do a good job, and because again, even if they ask you, they don't have to use you. Like uh, athletes don't have to do individuals with you, or they don't yeah. have to schedule team sessions. You can just be at practice, and so it's that biggest thing is uh, building that rapport. It's like being there. Yeah. Um, we always like we don't have to be at training every day, but it's the same thing. Like when you're part of teams, you have one turn up once every while. You, you're not going to trust them. You're not going to let them be part of your team. Yeah, of um, course. You, you need to give a bit first, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And so then be able to like take them. Sort of exactly. Thing. So you need when I say when they're up at six o'clock in the morning for training or weights or whatever, and I say, well, I should be there as well because I want to be. I say I'm part of the team, so everyone else has to be there just because I'm not physically active in the team. Uh, I don't think it's, it's an excuse to not be there if it just if it's inconvenient. So yes, yeah, so that's a massive thing where I saw the biggest gains is like. Pre-season for sports, you know, training two, three times a day, 
um, coaches got meetings. I was like, I was at pretty much everything I could get to. Um, obviously, I, I teach and that pays my tuition and things like that. So I, those commitments and class commitments, but any other times that I was free time or I wasn't had to be somewhere, I'd been um, with my teams. That was like my prior, priority. And I think it's, it's made a massive difference of just the relationship that I have with the coaches and players. Uh, as I said before, when you start getting those like strong relationships that you wouldn't have imagined would happen. Is there any Scottish or British guys in, uh, in the team? No. Um, there's a, I mean, there's a few British um, players in some of the sports um, at Georgia Southern, but yeah, there's no Scottish or anything like that. So, but again, as much it's, I think playing college over here, university over here, that I mean, my team was from all over the world as well. That, and then at camp, we met people from all over the world as well. That you, you get used. To, it's not, you have a comfort. We speak about comfort. Like, we all got on really well, UK, and we had like Mitch or like the Aussie boys and stuff like that. We got on really well, but um, you'll gravitate towards that. But then, as you've done, yeah. you went to a brand new culture. Um, you, you learn, you, you learn more, and you grow more by doing that. So I think that's yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I was asking more like if there was a if there was a Scottish lad on your team. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Like, like at a, at a, before you sort of built any relationship with the team, yeah, yeah. you would get a you would have a relationship yeah, yeah. with yeah. just because of the common ground, especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but like I, I agree with that. It's probably quite good that you haven't because yeah. you've had to you had to work for your relationships, which will lead yeah. in, in better stead. No, I mean, I mean, that's the thing. You'll get on naturally with just some coaches or some players better at the start. Like that's just the way life works, and you'll. You have players where you talk a little bit more to, but then the more you're there around, I guess the more some players are maybe hear the word psychologist or sports psychology or whatever, and they go, "I want to stay as far away from that." And then the biggest yeah. thing is they just want once they find find out you're just a normal person and you just happen to have this um, specialising something that actually you, they can gain something from, and then it just it becomes like any other I'm any other member of the team. It's just normal. I'm there involved and it's again there's some players you, you hit off straight away and then there's some players I'll be doing this for a year that um, later on you actually start building a relationship with them and that's yeah. just the way the way life goes away if you're in a job or sport or whatever like yeah. at camp, we camp there's some people you start talking to near the end who you didn't really speak to and you're like oh we got on great because yeah, you maybe yeah. don't have those natural things that get you in common straight away and then there's some people at the star camp that you're talking all the time to and it's it's different by week six or seven. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, like like you said about a uh, sports psychologist. And if somebody's with the psychologist, it's, it's there's like a bit of a a thought that yeah, you've got yeah. something. So you got something wrong with you. It's almost yeah, like you yeah. need to sell. You need to sell yourself, don't you? It's yeah, almost like, we do. Like going to training, you need to sell yourself. Like to be with them, so, so they realise yeah. you're human, and also even like. If if you could get onto one player and then that one player is telling others, I would like, ah, oh, working yeah. Scott, brilliant. Like I just feel so much clear. It, it's almost like a testimonial for it's like a business type thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and it's it goes back to like your actions speak louder than words, like that thing. Like if especially in sports, a performance basis, they see you're doing a good job and you can help them. Well, they're going to go for it. So it's, again, it's being good at what you do. 
yeah. as well. It's um, like it's that always trying to as much as you got class. Like if you're just learning the stuff in class and that's it, well, you're not going to be good at what you do because that's only the basis of the stuff. That's what everyone else is learning. It's going in and listening to podcasts, books, whatever you can to get as good as you can. So that's just like any job. You have you're always competing with people. And yeah. then if you don't bring anything to the table, they're not going to use your services. And then, what's the point of you being around? Yeah, that's true. So say you graduate in May. Yeah. Can you get that? Can you get that OPT thing and stay? Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, you can. Yeah. Yeah, I'm literally just sent. I just sent that off. Like, yeah, I got all that done last week. Um, so is that is that a year? Yeah, it's a year basically. Then hopefully. Where I go, you basically prove again, prove yourself that you're you're worth keeping on, and then someone will hopefully sponsor my working visa. That's that's the plan. That, that's sort of the only way you can, isn't it? Really? Yeah, exactly. You need you need to. Uh, I don't know. Let's like, say outside of college, then. Yeah. I mean, the college could employ you, couldn't they? Say like one of their yeah. team, they could uh, employ you as an external sports psychologist, no? Yeah. They could. I don't think that would happen. Or just don't, again with the whole sports psychology right now that it's grown, but they're still not. Cause they've already got the service at the university, the grad students as well, and then yeah, yeah. Again, just like it's not like seen right now as like a strength conditioning coach where it's like needed right now. So there's still the field's growing, but there's st there's still some way to go before it's the way I see that there should be mental skills consultants and like four or five in every organization um things like to deal with the demands and things like that but as a field it's getting better but there's still a long way to go yeah is it, so what what is your like on your if you want to graduate yeah what's the sort of if you can get a job in the u.s what is yeah. it like like so, it'd be, would, would it be with adults or could you do with kids as well yeah yeah Kids, I've I've done some work with um like high school level kids as well um just a little bit yeah so it keep, um like there's a big place you must have heard IMG they have a good like yeah like they've got so that's high school um the military so what we do kind of feeds over to like the military so there's a lot of um jobs doing what we do the military employs a lot of people doing that would, so would the US military employ you though yeah you can. You can do that because it's it's not it's weird it's so the US it's like a contract service so it's like a company who the US uh, military yeah. like contract to so oh, you're not yeah, technically employed by the military but you work yeah. for the military and things like that um so that's a big one where a lot of people can go to and then there's just these opportunities like there's these performance centers around especially in America where like parents will spend a lot of money on their kids um. Cause there's that big thing about getting them a scholarship or yeah um, and things like that so there's like performance centers who will have maybe a, like a sports psychology component to it where probably there's you just got to kind of find them it's maybe not like some like straightforward like if you're a nurse or something like that, you know straight where you got to go for a job or it's not that straight path yeah but, yeah yeah um as again it goes back to um if you're good enough someone will find out about you if you're uh, works yeah. um Creating results, so yeah. I, again, I don't know where I'll be. Um, but, to be um, honest, you could, uh, you, you could, like, you could just write to every flipping sports club in the yeah. country or in a state yeah. if you wanted to stay in Georgia or something. I mean, because yeah, yeah. 
it's any sport, isn't it, that you can do? And there's yeah, even yeah. different seasons. It can be all year through different sports. If you've got like yeah. a six months gig doing football, then then you could mm -hmm. go and do basketball after because it's a different season yeah. and stuff. Yeah, it's just always. There, I mean, a lot of teams, but are people willing to pay for your services right now? That's the thing as well at the moment, where it's not, as I said, it's not as mainstream as there's still that stigma. But um, you, you got Major League Baseball. I think every team apart from one has a, like a mental condition, um, mental conditioning consultants like team and their teams. Um, NFL have got uh, MLS as well, so it's growing and then. Again, it's just getting an opportunity and grabbing it. Like, that's the thing. No, there's so many opportunities. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you. I'm talking to <laughs> the guy who <laughs> make, makes his own opportunities. Exactly. If you do, if you do your work good, like you're saying, but and then, like, even just talking to people, like, just, yeah. even talking to me, like, catching up with me, yeah. there's a chance you could know somebody. Like, yeah, yeah. like, I'm not, and I can't give you anyone. Yeah, yeah. But there's a chance I'm good, and then obviously, like, we're catching up anyway. But even yeah. stuff. People from Campbell, people from yeah. like left your old uni and stuff yeah. like that. But there's always like if you just stay in your little circle, then there's, oh, yeah. you're not gonna That's, you're not gonna get as many opportunities to come across. So yeah, there's uh, so networking's massive. Like, is there any like stuff for you to go networking for sports? Yeah, so yeah, I was in Toronto last October for a national conference. So I just got yeah. like everyone there. So I, like, I met a lot of people done and a lot of networking, you know, go talk to people who, again, it's, again, you want to learn from them and hear what they got to say, but they're also part of that. You, you want to put like your face out there, let them know about you. Because, yeah. I mean, then they were all looking for jobs. Um, yeah. And then we've actually got a kind of regional one, a kind of smaller one coming up. It's at Georgia Southern uh, at the end of the month. So again, there are other opportunities to network. Are you, are you involved with that then because it's at your yeah, yeah. yeah. All the grad students are helping to um, organise it. Yeah, like even are you going to get speakers and stuff? You, yeah. Like yeah. If you were, if you're organising and getting speakers, then that's like a contact. Yeah. Like exactly. they might not like you or know you, but at least yeah. then you be able to write to them and be like, oh yeah, we spoke at this, blah blah yeah. blah, and it's buy a yeah. ticket. Exactly. Um, and that's just the way the way the world works now. It's all that. Network. It's not what you know; it's who you know, and then it's what you know keeps you there. <laughs> but I mean, like things. Like, we we look at it the simplest way. The only reason I went to camp was because of Mitch. If I never knew Mitch, I wouldn't apply to go there for the summer. You know? Do you know why Mitch went there? Because Byron. Do you know why Byron went there? Because you, yeah, you like that's, <laughs> like that's how it works. And then like this, I would have not if I didn't know Mitch. That I know I wouldn't have been there. Um. And then again, like, but obviously, when you get there, if you're if you're terrible at it, you're not going to last long there. I mean, we know some people didn't last very long. Mate, it was last year. Yeah. Yeah. Me and Byron, <laughs> mate, it ended up just me and Byron on the soccer pitch. Really? <laughs> yeah. There was one other lad, and he he, he didn't last. <laughs> and uh, but like even just three, it was like. It was dead compared to the year before. Do you know what I mean? We were out there like just all day. C compared to like this year, this year just gone. But yeah, oh, we had like a great group with the others. Like that was that was a brilliant. But we probably couldn't have got a better group together. No, he couldn't really. That was, was the best. That, yeah. that was the best. <laughs> all all head of soccer. 
<laughs> What's Mitch brain? Have you spoke to Mitch? Yeah, recently? yeah, we're we're in contact quite um, frequently. Um, me, Mitch, and then our two our old roommates. He's he's back in Adelaide now. Um, he's yeah. he's still trying to go um, doc school, um, become a doctor. So he's he's working in a hospital right now. I'm not exactly sure what he's doing. And then I knew he's done his, his exam now, hasn't he? To get to yeah, school. Yeah, but I, th- I think he might be re- retaking it um, as well. Um, so I know he's. Yeah, I, um, I think you know I passed it and done that. I just think he wants a better score, like because obviously how competitive med school is. Um, so he's he's doing that. Um, he was back playing football for a little bit, but I think he's doing that now. Um, but yeah, he's enjoying himself. Yeah, fair play. He, I, he's bad at getting back to me. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I've given him a few texts. I've got a few blue ticks from him. <laughs> but, but I'll take it. I'll have to give him a text one time. Mate, I tell you what, you know you said about Australia. What was uh, it like? Like the whole of Essex is is in Australia at the moment. It's the same I don't know like, what it's like. Scotland as well. Like a bunch oh, of, I know we're all there. Are we just at that age, or what? Or is it is it actually a trend? I think I think part of it is well. I think nowadays, like there is that availability, we can just travel there, like maybe before other generations. And then Australia, as I say, it's basically just a sunny UK. Yeah. So you go. Always, not everywhere you go is sunny, but of course yeah. everyone is. Yeah, like, but the climate is better than it is in the UK. So I think that's just the, and it's easy to get a, at least a year's visa there because yeah. where we're from. So yeah, it's, it's a thing to do. Like people. Yeah, it's crazy. Like me and my mate here, he uh, like we we just can't believe it that yeah. Like if you go on Instagram or something, every every day there's just someone new going to Australia. I almost like funny you bring that up. Like Instagram, I think there's almost part of that now because we all people love that want to live that Instagram lifestyle. Where I was like, if I go to Australia, my life will look brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it will look brilliant, yeah. but it's yeah. doing the yeah, same but job, the you question know, back in London. Yeah, <laughs> that, that depends what you want to do. Yeah, but there's that thing. Um, but yeah, there's, I know a lot of people have gone over as well. I mean, a lot of people seem to love it. I know people have come back and want to go back straight away, back over and that. And again, it's whoever's right for that individual, whoever writes for you. Yeah. It's your life. Go enjoy it. That is true, yeah. At least they're trying. Yeah. It's better. It's better than not trying because it's a bit far or like not trying something different. Yeah. To see if they like it. Well, what about you? Because I mean, how long have you been over there? Or it's been what since Winoki? You've been pretty much South American yeah, for like so all your time. We, we we left home in December 2017. Yeah. But I, I was home in July uh-huh. last year for a few days for my cousin's wedding, uh-huh. and then we were back at Christmas as well. Because uh-huh. we said, we'll, yeah, I remember, were you down in Essex? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah. To be honest, I, I got home and I was working to try and like, earn a bit for coming back yeah. out here because I knew we had a flight booked. Uh-huh. And then, like, of course, like I had everyone, I had to see every man and his dog, yeah. you know? Yeah, I know. I do remember saying, oh, yeah, if, I'm, if we're both back at yeah, Christmas, yeah. like, let's get up. But it's, uh, it's, it's, it's. Yeah, exactly. What you see, when you go home, you've got to see everyone and then. If, trying to earn some money to come back out it's it's crazy and I was only down there for a week it was over Christmas so it's like when everyone's busy with family and stuff like that so the, yeah, exactly. were you there Christmas day then yeah yeah 
what, what is it? Your, your uncle lives? My, yeah, my auntie, my auntie uncle, i uh, got a cousin there, so my mum's sister, um, my her husband, my uncle is from London, so she moved down there, God, 20 odd years ago yeah. now, or well, probably maybe longer, um, yeah, so well, me and my cousin are eight days, eight days apart, he's eight days older, so we're basically brothers more than cousins, so yeah. any chance we get, like when we were younger, like school holidays and stuff like that, I would fly down myself or he'd fly up. Um, yeah, we always yeah. spend Christmases for the most part together and then when I get home now we always try and do something because obviously it's a little bit difficult now when he's yeah. working away now and I'm in America so it's not just as easy to see each other. Have, have any of your family gone over there to visit you? Um, my mum and auntie came over for graduation but apart from that, no. Um, but I will change when I'm working because like when you're over here at uni like if they come over, you can't really. You got all your commitments at uni. Yeah, and yeah, then it's not Christmas, like it's a, holiday, yeah. it's a holiday for them, but it's, yeah, it can't but be, you, you, you can't you just can. go. I'll just not go to class, or I'll just not do. I mean, when I was playing, I couldn't just go. Oh, coach, I'm just away for two weeks in the middle of the season because my family's over, or yeah, over that. Yeah. So I think once, I, hopefully, if I stay here working, that'll be different. Um, and they'll come yeah, over. Yeah, you can take holiday. Yeah, exactly. Take them places. Well, and, Mate, what about for Canada? So I've applied for a visa for Canada. Yeah. Because you know, you know, we can get a two-year working visa for Canada, uh, like yeah. easy. Yeah. Because so, we're talking about doing a ski season. Yeah. Which goes like November for five, six months or whatever. But yeah. then you can work anyway, just two months. Yeah. But um, like, would you get a job there before you started to do it, or would you sort of just think oh, if I can't do it in America, then I can try and get a visa for Canada and go over there or something? I think well, that's why I'm, as I said, Canada and Australia. Like the reason why I'm looking at them as well is like two places where we can get a working visa relatively easy. Um, so yeah, I think if I didn't get a drop job, I'd probably go home and like go back to Scotland and kind of get everything together, like what am I doing, get a game plan, and it might be in a case of I'm going. Um, going to see what I'm going to do, mate. I go. I'm going to go to Canada and see what I can do. Get a job, just a normal job, stay in Canada, and then what? Get myself opportunities. I don't know. Um, but yeah. I think right now, for, for graduation, if I didn't get a job, like Scotland would be like, I'd go there and kind of get everything together and see where I'm going to take it from there. Yeah. At least you got your OP, OPT. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if you, if you had like a month to find a job after graduating in May in the yeah. US, it'll be a bit off. Like, let me just go back to Scotland and work, and work it out and try and get a sponsorship and everything. Yes. We'll see, it'll work out. As I said, I can't, well, if I get a job and stuff, or where I'll be, it's out of my control right now. I just have to focus on what I can do and doing the best I can do. And then whatever's meant to be will be, as long as I'm putting in. The work and doing the right stuff. Very true. Focus on what you can control. Exactly. Control the controllables. So there it is, guys. Part one with Scott Malcolm, sports psychologist at Georgia Southern. If you are looking for a sports psychologist, Scott is graduating just about now. So get in touch with me or with him. His Instagram handle is at Scott from Scotland. Or if you know anybody who needs a sports psychologist or anything of similar value. he uh, It's really good to see that he's actually doing something, combining his passions of sports 
and psychology and working in Georgia with athletes, working on some events and getting out there networking. Stay tuned for part two next week. We talk about comfort zones more. We talk about how learning something, how to increase your comfort zones. And he goes into some more insights around the sports psychology and applying it in life. Please share this episode with anyone who you feel might get some value from it. I really think it's a good it's a good example of when you meet people from around the world, whether you're going coaching in America, backpacking or doing something different, working in events, networking with events. Great conversations can come from it where you can learn a lot and apply it to your life, whatever career path or whatever life path you have chosen. So please share this episode on your social media. Don't forget to follow me on social media, Instagram at doneil 5 and the Amigos at Just3Amigos, all letters. Have a fantastic day wherever you are in the world, guys. I wish you all the best with whatever you are doing. Que vida. Ciao.